0: Hey, and welcome to the Healthy Minds podcast today with Kerry Sexton and Carly Thornton. We're going to be discussing a wide variety of topics and bringing on different guests to help you grow, get inspired, get motivated and reach your full potential. On this episode we have Hayley Herms. Now this lady has such a story, su- such an aspiring, strong woman. I want to know more about Haley. You want to know more about Haley. Kerry wants to know. So Haley, let me know a little bit more about your story because you've got such an an in depth story. Like we've done a bit of digging. So, yes. um, you know, I want to I want to know from the beginning because everyone has that story where you are such a strong independent woman now mm. so i want to know the the past i want to know like how you know how what has helped you become the person you are today
1: yes well i have a wild story so i'll try to keep it as tame as i can um but definitely i think if A lot of people, if you haven't or have not, may have seen Revenge Body, so that gives a little more glimpse into my story. But for those who haven't watched, um, a big defining portion of my life to make me the woman I am today is I did grow up in a really abusive household with my father, and from age 5 to 18 my dad like almost be like the living shit out of me every day. I don't know if I can curse, but, um, but it was oh my, it's fun. It's cool. <laughs> okay. <perfect>. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, but I grew up in a very abusive household. And so I was constantly trying to keep myself safe, trying to find safe places for myself mentally, physically, spiritually. So, When you're a child and you're almost your own parent, like I consider I raised myself, you have to look for a lot of outside influences and you have to question yourself and really self-explore because no one's helping you navigate the world around you. And so that led me to, I did a lot of crazy things in high school. Mm -hmm. By the time I was 14, I started selling fake IDs to get money so I could just... I already knew I wanted to be an entertainer since I was in preschool, and then things really started picking up for me when I was around 14 for plus-size modeling. I started off singing and songwriting, and songwriting and modeling just kind of be like were the things that really hit for me when I was around 14. So I was like, when I turn 15 and a half, I want a car. I'm going to drive to LA. Like this is going to be the thing. But in third grade, I already knew, like, I I was like, mom, like I'm going to be a star. So she opened a bank account for me in third grade and she put all my birthday Christmas, any check I ever received from third grade to 18, we put in there. And then that's what I did is I, I saved it, never touched it. And I moved to LA as soon as I turned 19 and was like, took that money. So there was always that drive. So 15, I'm doing all these like little, like selling fake IDs around my high school. And then the stock market crash was all around that time. And so on top of living in an abusive household, my mom was the breadwinner and she lost like Everything, Mm. so it was kind of like, don't ask for money if you need money, like, you need to figure it out. At the time, they really thought like my brother was going to be in the NBA, so any extra money or anything we did have that went to my brother because, and no shade to him, but they were like, he's gonna be a star, like, let's bank it on him, you know. So, I was like, very reliant, I was always like. I needed to have self control. I needed to be relying on myself. So then the stock market crashed. I go from a lovely, private, Catholic, nice girl school to public school. And I'm like, oh my God, there's so much opportunity out here. And I fall into weird crowds. I started selling drugs. And like that is what I did till I was like 22 because then when I was 20 and I had gotten out of college, like literally like two weeks after I graduated college, my brother and I graduated at the same time. Uh, We found out my mom had cancer. And from the very beginning, we knew it was terminal and they only gave her six months to begin with. So selling drugs was like the only, how was I going to provide for a household of three people? I had my own house. She had her own house. Things were very crazy. And, uh, you know, it, it, that's a whole other world and thank God I don't have to do that anymore and um, that's because I risked my whole life to, so, to do all those things. Like
0: from, from a young age considering how much you've been through where did you get that motivation and self like such high self-esteem because you've been through so much And normally that would hit yourself a scene. Whereas you were like, no, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I'm going for it. Like, where did that come from? Like, I mean, was your mum like that? I mean, who, who did you have any influences that, you know, put that in you? Or do you think you were just born
1: that way? Like how? I think it's a mix of the two because I used to get this question and I never knew how to answer it. Mm. I was like, and I, I'm a big, like, if I don't know how to answer a question, I'm going to dig deep on that. I don't yeah. care if it takes a week, four weeks. And I really did a lot of searching. And I think it's a combination of, A, I really genuinely think growing up I was living in like an ignorance is bliss thing. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I really just was like, what makes me different? Like, I'm the same as everyone, but I didn't realize until I got to, like, middle school, high school that, like, being plus size so young was affecting me and, like, the way my family treated me. And so, so when I, you, Okay, so when you say plus
0: size, yes. what kind? What size in comparison to other people? Because, I mean, your plus size could be different to, say, in the, the UK or, you know, like...
1: In what, second grade... I weighed more than I do now. Let's just put it, I weighed 220 pounds. I don't even weigh that right now. Um, I can fit into, literally, I tried on a dress that I wore to a seventh grade dance that I still have, huge. Um, I just, I think I am a very body positive person, but I don't think there's any second grader who should be walking around at 220 pounds. And where did that come from then? Like, was that, was that part
0: of the violence and the abuse that
1: was, was like yes. feeding you? you definitely see in like childhood pictures when the abuse started around five, six, that's when you see me, like, I, I didn't even make this connection until I found an old baby book like a year ago. And I'm looking through and I'm like, wow, when I'm like five, six, like I'm really putting on weight. And then all of a sudden it was like, click. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. And I really do think they, they tie in because yeah, my family was so, they, it was more like I loved going to school and I loved my friends because no one made fun of, like, no one made fun of me there because I was so confident. Who, who was going to check me? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. uh, but like at home and at family events and stuff like that, I was like, my uncle would be like, are you sure you want to take a second role? And like my, like people would just like, or they'd be my grandma, like in seventh, eighth grade, she begged, she's like, I will get you Jenny Craig. I will pay for your membership. You, if you go to high school, she was prepping me that Mm -hmm. if I went to high school, that I was going to have the worst time of my life, that everyone was going to be so mean to me. And at one point in junior year, I dropped out of high school to pursue modeling full time. And my grandma started this whole rumor. It was because I was getting bullied at school school. It had nothing to do with that. She just really couldn't believe that I was having an okay time as a fat girl in high school. It was like, blew my mind. But so, but growing up, I grew up with what I call like hippie parents. Mm. So while parents were like 30 maybe even early, like, middle 20s. My mom didn't even have me till she was almost 40. So, oh. like, uh, she couldn't, like, my parents couldn't even, and my dad's older than my mom. So, like, my dad would pick me up from school, and they'd be like, Haley, your grandpa's here. <laughs> and, like, so they didn't really really relate. But in saying that, I grew up in, like, a household where I was, like, raised on Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and, uh, like, the Dixie Chicks. And, like, my parents rock and roll blues, mm-hmm. all these things that were very um just like f- like free and like fighting and like I definitely felt the power of music very early. And then I think a lot of my confidence I call it's because I grew up in like the Britney Spears generation. Yeah. So I, I saw I- your Britney Spears. <laughs> yes! Oh my God, I cannot yes! wait until the blog I now. love that. That it was like Disneyland for me. I want to go back. I think about it all the, like, every day. I love Britney Spears, but I j- as dumb as it sounds, I don't care what anyone says. I really think, um, because, you know, growing up in my household, I really looked for music as mm-hmm. my inspiration, my outlet. So <clears throat> Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Paris Hilton, Queen Latifah. My mom loved Queen Latifah. And, like, Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. Those were women that like I would watch their movies and the music and I'd be like, I'm going to do that dance. I'd learn the Britney dance. I'd be like, I am Britney. Like, (laughs) what? And then like when Christina's stripped album came out, that was like so emotional. And I guess you'd be like grown when you listen to this, but I was Mm -hmm. like Ted going through so much already. Like I felt those pains. And although I couldn't relate to it like a relationship wise, when you heard her singing or you heard the lyrics, it was just full of like just soul. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I needed because um, I feel like I'm I'm a very spiritual human. And I feel like as a child, I didn't have my soul in my body a lot because my body, my soul felt like it was an unsafe place. Like it knew it was in a physically unsafe environment. Mm -hmm. And I used to have all these crazy dreams. And after doing much Research and explorations with shamans and other spiritual guidance. They're like we gen- like we think my soul was not really present. So when music and those influences were there, I really stepped into my soul, and it's helped me really just like grow. And my whole life, I just held on to like there's something bigger for me. Like this, I just I don't know where the thought came from. Yeah, my whole life just held on to there's something I'm gonna be blessed so well one day. I'm gonna be like just great gifts are coming. And I am very blessed, but I still think there's some great, great gifts coming. Yeah. <laughs> so I how old are you what, now then? If you if you
0: were in like the Britney Spears era, what what's your age? I'm 24. I
1: can, well, that's young. So how do you know about Britney Spears and, and seeing their glaring? <laughs> my and... brother was like a couple years older than me. Uh. So my mom like definitely like, it was like we got raised together. Yeah. So like when I was a freshman, he was a senior. And I will say, I'm going to like totally disclaimer this. My brother was a freshman or I was a freshman. He was a senior. But coming into a school where your brother's on the football, volleyball, basketball team and he has blue eyes and he's tan and <laughs> he's tall, people weren't going to like mess with me. So I, I do say, I think I did not have at what I call the average fat girl high school experience. And I think partially was, yes, my confidence, but I did have this really popular brother. So when everyone sees this new freshman that no one knows and she's hanging out with seniors and she's at all the senior parties and like she sells fake, everyone thought I was so cool. They're like, who is this girl? Like, yeah, you know so, what? I, I just think you got it easy. <laughs> I was just like, I was not going to take anyone's shit. I think what happened was like so long in my life, I thought <clears throat> what my dad was doing to me, like up until high school, I thought I deserved it. And I mm. thought it was things that I was doing. And I was like, and it's still com- like complex as I work over today. I'm very much, uh, I think a lot of what I do is I, wa- I want to be perfect. It has to look great. It has to but I realized a little bit ago, like through therapy and talking and stuff like that, that I realized I put so much pressure on myself because I had this weird, irrational fear that if I don't do something, I might get hurt. And so, like someone's going to come hurt me, Someone's, and that's why. So working through that and just allowing myself to be a human and have human experiences and be like, not everything has to be perfect. If I don't make this like you know this person's birthday party or this or that no one's gonna come hit me no one's gonna come rob my house like it's okay to be a human you know so how would you say you say you're spiritual what what
0: would you say you've worked on with that and when you obviously say you're realizing that you know what? It's okay to be human, and you know you, you you're giving yourself a bit of a break and whatnot because of what, well, one, what you've been through, and I think that the daily pressures of to be perfect. I mean, how would you? What would? What do you do? And how would you say? You know you kind of you cope with it yourself like comparing yourself to others and what you feel like you should be doing better and you should be doing more of like how what what do you do like processes uh in regards to you uh being more spiritual and whatnot and maybe like self-love talk
1: yeah so I I grew up in a like a very catholic household till I was like in 8th grade and you know you went to church every sunday but with everything happening in my household I would I was very frustrated with the concept of god and what I was learning in school was but obviously no one knew around me And I would just sit in class and I would sit at home and stare at crucifixes and get really angry and be like, why would God let this happen to me? Mm -hmm. God can't exist. And I just, from around like sixth grade, I was just like, nothing exists. It's a lie. Fuck this. Was just like, I'm not here with the, the God religious program. Yeah. Then in seventh grade, you know, I internet queen here, I stumbled upon Buddhism on the internet and was like, does everyone know what this is? Like, where, like what? I was like in love. I was like, oh my God, everyone's talking about love and unconditionalness and Nirvana. And I like fell in love. And I went up to my mom and was like, can I study Buddhism? She's like, just don't tell anybody at school. And I was like, (laughs) oh, So I just started like going online and looking at Buddhism and I won't lie. I was like, you know, a lot of these rules here, uh, that's a little hard, you know, especially when you're in seventh grade, but I was like, I'm I'm very interested. So then I just dove deeper and I was like, I don't know if I'm specifically like a Buddhist, but I knew that, and this is before like, you know, the new age wave where we Mm. had, you could just be like, say I'm spiritual as a religion. Mm. Back then people yeah. would be like, What does that mean? Mm-hmm. So um basically I started diving deeper into that and spirituality. And then that was kind of like when I was in high school was like kind of the boom of the um the secret. I don't know if you ever heard of that, yeah. the secret is like a movie where it's all about manifesting and powers. I like to call it like a like drive through for spirituality like a quick little like intro you know and I was like yes okay I was like I'm gonna start manifesting and I had a dance teacher at the time and she was very young too I'm like 14 she was like 21 so like we're in concept, I'm like thinking like, mm. oh my elder, but like now when I think about it, I'm like, bitch, she barely had her shit together. <laughs> but she was like very into spirituality, and I very much um, admired her. So I I even dove deeper into that. So that's how we got started into spirituality. Was just like it gave me this hope that like that there was love in the world, that there was good people, that there was hope without being like, if I don't serve this divine being and like submit and then tying it in with like what was happening at home and stuff, it was just a lot more pressure, but a lot more love. Mm -hmm. So that's how I like dove deeper into it. And then through, you know, everything happening with my mom and in college and, Selling drugs in gang life, that is what completely turned everything around for me. I, things started, there was just a period where things started getting really crazy in the gangs and um, I unfortunately had to watch a few people pass away in front of my eyes and almost lost my life multiple times. And then it wasn't until I almost got bombed, like literal pipe bomb, that it took me to step away and be like, this is not in my alignment. And I was like, I have to do everything in my power to spiritually align and respect my past. And that's what made me and gave me values of loyalty and this and that. But there's an extension of like what loyalty looks like. There's like real true loyalty and then there's like toxic loyalty where people are like, let them treat horribly. And I'm like, oh, I'm just a a really loyal person girl, you can be loyal and not be treated like horribly. Yeah. So I just, I just, when you see all those kinds of things, you either get numb to it or you just, you either get numb to it, you you become one of those people or you have to fall out. And mm-hmm. I just like, the more I was digging deeper in spiritual, spirituality, the more I realized this is wrong. This is yeah. all wrong. Yeah. Like yeah, what yeah. are I doing? And... <clears throat> i wasn't the only one and so me and my friends we, we we worked so hard to get out um leaving gangs and culture like that is very hard and it's almost like a blessing that you have to receive and so i'm really thankful that i could get out of that situation without having my life in danger again yeah um, but so i had to look to faith for answers spirituality for answers and because I, I couldn't comprehend it. I couldn't comprehend things I was saying. I couldn't comprehend anything I was going through. It was very weird. Mm. So, I mean, to say the least. So then spirituality just gave me, like, hope. Just, like, new hope. So from taking it to there, to, like, present day, I... I have a lot of gifts that like so amongst all that, I'm like you guys probably think I'm crazy, but when I, I was twelve, I discovered that I could talk to the dead, and I found out my grandma can do it too. my wow, mom was like everything skips oh, a generation goodness. with me she's like you yeah. sing, grandma sings, I can't sing <laughs> like but so I knew I had connections with spirituality, and the more I tapped into it, the stronger it got and I started getting like messages, like I would have to like tell, like it was almost like I felt psychic, but like couldn't prove it. Yeah. And like to go up to people and be like, I have to tell you something and people get like freaked out. So then I discovered like angel cards and I realized I think what I what I call today is receiving messages from the angels. And um, it's a portal I like to keep open because obviously my mom's passed away. And the, the portal in between the, the living and the dead is a very fine line, but also receiving messages is like a whole other thing. So I think that is one of the purposes of my place here is not to like put spirituality on people, but to give messages that are received. And I just, that's why I like to say when you come to my page, I'm like your best friend that is like, but I like tough love style. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Not, I just, I've been through so much. I don't really like excuses. I mm. hear, I just like people have excuses for everything. Oh my God, I've heard it all. And I, so I think I, we're like
0: that, aren't we? Because, I mean, you're, um, myself and Kerry, we, we do practice a lot of spirituality and things. Even though I don't, I don't actually like to use that word. I don't feel like I'm spiritual, but apparently I am. Um, I don't know. You do, oh. you have all the angel cards and everything, don't you? Yes. Nice.
1: yes. I have angel cards for like past life readings. I have angel cards for goddesses, um, to give you goddess guidance. I have angel cards for, um, or like fairy cards for mm-hmm. just like messages that have to do with like your inner home, your friends, your relationships. I have cards for mermaids and dolphins that are for dreams and goals. And, um, I've like, not to like toot my own horn, but when I, I don't like, right now I'm giving readings during doing, um, la, la. Let me this. I'm giving readings right now just due to everything happening in the world. Mm. And before though, I was only doing private readings for my friends and friends of friends. And I've never given a reading where someone was like, oh, this doesn't align with me. And I, you know, it's just, it's, I think everyone has it in them though. I don't yeah. think you have to just. You don't have to talk to the dead to be able to talk to the angels. You don't have to, you have years of shamanic experiences. It's everyone has intuition. Unfortunately, most people don't listen to their intuition. They listen to their head. And I think that's a big, I, everything I believe that happens to us is our own fault. So when we're able to control ourselves We control the environments around us. And the power of the mind is insane. And I think a lot of that has to do with spending uh, time alone. And uh, I've just noticed, I think, I'm a very big observer. And I've just noticed growing up my whole life, a majority of people cling to other people to define them, whether they know it or not, and we take on characteristics of other people, whether it be our best friends, our parents, our boyfriend, our girlfriend, <laughs> whoever. But we do, and we then we jump relationship to relationship. Or if you're not in a relationship, then you dive really heavy into a friendship. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people crash friendships because all of a sudden they treat their friendships like they're either their boyfriend or girlfriend, and put all these weird, you know. Yeah. Uh, needs and wants onto a friend or we treat people like their mind readers and or clinical physicians. And so oftentimes we don't realize not the burden we put on other people, but other, we all struggle. And I like always say how I felt when my dad used to beat the shit out of me could be how someone, how a rich kid feels when his dad doesn't hand him $500. Yeah. His pain that whoever's pain that they're feeling it's still pain we're yeah. all feeling pain we're all struggling and we don't need to put my struggles bigger than your struggle kind of thing yeah. what we all need to do is work on ourselves so that we don't put we don't project this onto other people and so i like to be very self-aware so i know when like when i'm just out of line or if it's something that it's a projection. That I'm mm-hmm. getting from someone else because, because through that self-awareness and that spirituality and really growing that and take time to learn who am I when I wasn't in past abusive relationships with boyfriends, who am I when I wasn't in a gang? Like, you know what I mean? That's all about being like, everyone's yeah. the same. Like, and just like, what do, what does Haley like to do? What, yeah. like, not like, what does me and my best friend like to do when you, you, specific, we need to be selfish to be selfless. Mm. And one great thing that my friend said to me, like last week was like the in between of selfish and selfish, self selfless here, we, there's a lot of selves in this <laughs> The middle between selfish and selfless is self full. And so when we fill ourselves, we still have that little bit of selfishness to keep us going, but we still have enough of our feelings to give it to others but have that boundary there Mm. so i like i sometimes the best way we can love someone is from a distance whether it's just praying for them sending them energy sometimes being in their life is more hurt than a help and we just you know we we force ourselves into people's lives i want to help i want to help well how can you help other people if you're not helping yourself like how do you take money out of a bank that you don't have anything in Mm -hmm. you know so we need to be more I think the number one thing I've observed as a like a spiritual person myself but as a reader just this year alone so many people a don't have boundaries or I've noticed my last week readings all every single woman when I was listening to them giving their reading they were all apologizing for their boundaries Mm -hmm. I was mind blown and granted, we are in a very heavy planetary shift right now. If you're into ast- astrology, but um, yeah, apologizing for boundaries or not having boundaries. And what? Why do you think that is? Because I'm
0: very aware of myself and the oh, hang on a um, and the way um, I feel about myself and self love, and very aware of my emotions and how I transmit to other people. Um, but why do you think a lot of people aren't like that? It's because they feel like they haven't got the time to spend time on themselves or what, what do you actually think it is? Cause I know there's a lot of people, obviously they're crying for help, but a lot of people don't want to give themselves
1: help. Yeah. I feel like people just get on with it.
0: Yeah.
1: It. Yes. Literally. I, I agree with that completely. And this answer is going to be a little simple and kind of probably unfortunate, but we can't force anyone to do Mm -hmm. anything they don't want to do. Yeah. And if there's like, that is the number one thing is sometimes the biggest lessons for people we love, they have to learn that we, they can't, I can't force, you can't force them. I can't force them. Only they can do it. And sometimes the lesson they need to learn is the absence of your presence. Mm And like I said, we're in, especially in this day and age of social media, we are constantly like, we need like a, a stimulation. I read an article that was like, when you get a text message on your phone, it's like the same hit that you get from drugs. And because we, we, we get imagine, that like instant gratification. Yeah. So imagine like if you're yeah. you send out so many texts, you need all that, personal love and attention. So every time your phone's blowing up, you're like, Ooh, like, give me another one. Right. You keep (laughs) wanting it, but you go on social media. And then on top of it, we fill our brains with so much bullshit. I'm going to use myself as an example. Because I think one of the number one things, just people don't realize how much power we have personally. They're like, I can't unfollow this girl. Unfollow them. Because Mm. half of the garbage that we think in our mind is coming from the things we chose to follow.
0: Absolutely. You know what? I've unfollowed so many people because they serve me no purpose. I did Um, that too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You, um, you you look on your phone, you're scrolling and it's negative, negative, negative. And I'm like, I don't want to see that because that's affecting yeah. me. So I'm going to unfollow you.
1: Or I think the, also the reverse is we follow people we want to be like, and then we get, we get upset that we're not like them. So I just want to use myself as an example. And it's going to sound so silly, but it's very true. About two years ago, I had to unfollow Miss Kylie Jenner. <laughs> I love Kylie Jenner. I think she's a beautiful girl, but she's about two years younger for me. And being the ambitious little girl I always was, I had all these goals. And so, girl, I know her circumstances. I know she like comes from a wealthy family, she this and that. But I would still look at her social media and be like, why am I not a twenty-two billionaire? I work mm. so hard and I this and that and why don't I have this or why don't I have that? And so I followed her because I wanted those things, mm. but then because I didn't have them, or even more simpler friends you want to be happy for them right you want to when they get something that you want but it hurts it stings <laughs> little. Just a little a little you're like,
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> so, well oh. done <laughs> yes.
1: so even if it's not negative sometimes it's just sometimes it, or even if it's not negative coming from someone else sometimes it's the negative coming from us yeah. and i literally it's that, have- i think it's that ego
0: isn't it it's in the inner chin, but it's
1: not yourself
0: it is that ego thinking i need to do better why haven't i achieved that yet and it then it's that comparison isn't it so yes. it's that it's horrible that's the devil that is um yes. but that's something i think we all go through isn't it um yes. i mean as you say okay. you You, um, you go for it yourself. I know, I know sometimes I do and I have to give myself a slap. Um, but it's more having that reality check, isn't it? With things, because I think the more you scroll, the more that you feel like you're inferior. That's the thing.
1: Yeah. And it's just like, but then the best, but the best part, the beauty of it all is we have the power to unfollow. We have the, the power to mute. If it's your friend, you still want to follow them. You still want to support them, but you just can't see their posts for a while. The mute button's a great option. Like I have friends that will unfollow everyone for like two months and be like, I'll follow y'all back later. But right now I just can't see it. <laughs> um, giving those boundaries. But like, I think the hardest people or the hardest part is just communicating them. Well, mm. oh, we lost our friend. Should we oh. call her back? there we go oh
0: hello (laughs) you're back I was like sat here like all of a sudden you caught up Carly and you were speaking like your
1: mouth was like (laughs) like, what's going on it crashed what did I miss Carrie's back we paused um we were just (laughs) saying that like our I was just saying that communication I think is the hardest part Mm -hmm. to be like hey being my biggest goal so my spiritual goal for this year is to live more in my humility so due to the coronavirus right now realistically i am full-time plus-size model and content creator and as of saturday every single thing that i had for the next four weeks got canceled and that put me in a panic Mm -hmm. so but i still had friends birthdays and this was before like we realized how severe like lockdown this and that. And I was just, but my main thought was like, how am I going to get my best friend a birthday gift? And like, or like, I'm going to go to this and I need this and I don't have it. And so I still like, so cheesy, no one wants to tell their, like, they're one of their best friends. Like, Hey, I don't have, I don't have money right now. I can't get you a birthday gift. So instead I kind of was like, I rewired my thinking of, why would I want to be friends with anyone I couldn't communicate that with and wouldn't respect it? Mm, and so I thought, no, if Austin, that's his name, Austin, I was like, if Austin's really my friend and he really loves me and, you know, this is a true friendship, he's would never think those things of me. And then then you have to think if you have a friend or a person you know that would react the reverse way and get angry or upset, or you knew my birthday was for two months now, or, you know, just, and it's crazy because those things do happen. Mm -hmm. And so we just have to start realigning and asking, like going back to what are our values and how do the people around us Reflect that. Yeah. Because everyone's going to have their own dramas and their own traumas. And so, you know, you're never going to find someone who's perfect. But in saying that, do they want to get help? Are they open to that? Open to even understanding or just hearing and being like, okay to the idea of someone maybe in a different circumstance? Mm. But it all goes back to austin didn't force his way in my life i chose him i made the decisions everything goes back to you have the power you made the decision you can choose where you go you can choose what you line up with so we really i think in 2020 need to be like as like reclaiming our time okay i've got to ask what did austin say what did austin say (laughs) was he okay with it I don't, oh no. He was like, don't get me anything. That's a good thing. Good Austin. (laughs) Yes. We love Austin. But I mean, to be fair, I had like, I don't even, I don't really drink, but someone had left like a huge vodka bottle at my house and there was only like this much missing. And I was like, would you hate me if I gave you a huge bottle of vodka that was one fourth or like three fourths (laughs) full and he was like, Don't get me anything. And I was like, No, I'm giving you vodka. And he was like, Okay, fine. Well he loves vodka. So like I mean it worked out and everything. And I was still able to feel good because I I gave him something. But even if I had just made him a homemade card and -hmm. wrote like some thoughtful letter of our friendship, what he's means to me, what he's done for me, kind of thing, that would have been great with him too. Like an arts and crafts project or like a Let's go to the park and mm-hmm. eat, like make a picnic together. You know what I mean? It's to me, I want to be surrounded by people where it's the thought that counts. And I was like, you know, he knows that if I had something to give him, I would give it to him. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of person mm-hmm. I am. So if I'm saying that's my boundary or I don't have this right now, they're not going to cross yeah. it. And anyone who does that, You can then, that's when you go with your friends and if someone has the reverse effect, that's when you sit down with them and are they open and willing to understand and communicate with you through just under, like, because we don't all come from different backgrounds. So some people just don't understand it. So if you've explained it and they've opened and they're like, okay, and you've like opened some eyes for them, that's a friendship you may Mm. want to continue because they're open to the growth process. But if you're getting this like kind of like, backlash and just like oh like that's that's not what this is about like i i've seen that i've literally mm. seen people were like you had two months to know about <laughs> so you
0: you 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 obviously you come across as a very strong person a very strong-minded person how does that affect um your male relationships do you find a lot of men get intimidated by it oh yeah <laughs> they oh. they like the fact that you know you're you're a businesswoman. You're very successful. You're very opinionated. You know, you're a very strong person. They love that, but then when it comes to it, they freak out. They, they you know, they, they, they can't handle it. I mean, how, how has that? Do you find that affected you? Because I know personally. Um, you know, guys love love the thought of having a businesswoman uh, in a relationship and you know, she's so independent, you know, she's she's got her own business
1: and she's that that and then when it comes to it, they get so insecure. Because yeah. they love a bad bitch until they find out they can't tame you. Yeah. Are <laughs> you in a relationship or I'm mm-hmm. not in a relationship, but I will get, like get a little scoop here because um, like that's like the one thing I don't really get too too deep in. I love to talk about dating and sex on my platforms, but uh, about a year ago, I got him out of an on and off four- year relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And luckily it was it was not because of like he was intimidated by me, but I just do have too much going on, and this is like a moment where I really do need to focus on myself. And it, he, it ended, I, I never thought in my life I would have a breakup that ended up on like good terms, Yeah, but it was, it wasn't about him and it was, it wasn't essentially about me, but it was just, we had different values of like what the future and he's older than me and I had to sit down and be like, it would be selfish of me if mm-hmm. he wants kids in three years and wants to get married and I don't why mm-hmm. why hold him back yeah and if yeah. i and vice versa why would he hold me back and he like you know it I'm not going to lie. I broke up with him. But, um, but we still, it was very much, he's a great guy and we yeah. just want different things. I and think it's really good to have that conversation
0: though. I think a lot of people have more conversations like that now than they used to. I think a lot yeah. of people used to be scared of having that conversation. But I think it's good that you have a conversation like, this is where I'm at. This is where you're at. Can we kind of work something out? Because we're, you know, we want different things right now. So will it work in the future or, you know what, do we have to part? We've had a good time. You know, we do get on, but the time isn't right. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just having that open line of communication and Mm. we still talk and things like that. And so like he's, he very much still has feelings with me. And so like, if I do meet someone else new, he does want to know that. So it's like having that, like that vulnerability, but also to accept that the breakup ended with a, no one's wrong. People, yeah. like, people always want to know like, what was the pinnacle? And I'm, I'm like, there's no pinnacle. It's just, he's a great guy. I'm a great girl. We've, and sometimes it's so hard for people to understand that two people could want different things and neither of them is wrong. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. And yeah. so that, that was just what it came down to is he, I love living a glamorous LA, like jet setting kind of life. And he wants to chill and be yeah. at home. And have a family and that's okay it's okay to want a more normal life conventional life it's o- and it's okay to be like i want to live in an 18 million dollar house and have eight kids and travel the globe you know what yeah. i mean it's okay
0: so with you you're still obviously um your your might would you say your main job is um being a plus size model yep, is yep. that because you say you do obviously you you do your content
1: um, content, I will not like lie to you guys. My content creating is what brings in a majority of my income. Okay. Modeling is so unstable, but mm-hmm. in terms of I'm mostly a for being a plus size model, mm-hmm. which is what got me into content creating. Okay.
0: So when you say content creation, explain a little bit of what you do and what's involved with that.
1: Yeah. So content creating can range from Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, and that is, It's almost like cold calling. Mm. I reach out to brands that I love or that I've like met or like, you know, sometimes I'll go to a friend's house and I'll be like, what is this? And then I'll be like obsessed with it, reach out to the company. And so I basically cold call a bunch of brands or cold DM email. And um, I just ask if they want to collaborate with me. I have a rate card. Um, You know, I always try to be very welcoming of like, I'm willing to work with like a budget if it can work with me. Cause I do hire outside sources. So I'm not just paying myself. I like to have other people like a photographer involved. So really supporting other artists and other freelance people as well, besides mm-hmm. myself. Um, but so that could be just for an example, like if I work with a clothing brand and they want a YouTube fashion haul, or if I'm working with a beauty brand and they want an Instagram post, or I could be doing an Instagram live on theirs and answering questions about their newest face mask or Mm. um, giveaways to bring over double brand traction to them and things that make sense. I know things are a little tough right now. So some people, you know, will take a little bit of everything, but I'm very much, if I'm genuine about the products that I'm using and pushing and selling, then people will know it's not like, I'm not just selling them a product. I, I use it. Every day, like Dermalogica, like great example, Dermalogica is my main skincare sponsor. I love them. And like my friends come over, they go to my bathroom, they're like, it's like a dermalogica store in here. <laughs> so they buy Dermalogica because they actually know I'm using it. It's not just like, oh, someone sent me something, I took a picture with it. Like my moisturizer, my scrub, my like, my everything. But I, what I love about Dermalogica is in our contract, if there is another moisturizer from a different company that I end up loving, they don't prohibit me from saying that. And so yes, there is, I don't use Dermalogica for every single thing. There is other products for like pimple stuff or like that I do like to use. And so I love brands also because I, again, I choose the brands that I work with. Yeah. So I choose brands that are going to align with my morals. So I have to go back, what are my morals? And that is to just be genuine to my followers, to give them stuff that actually works for me. And what might work for me might not work for them. Mm -hmm. What might work for them might not, you know, but that's the whole point of me being able to content create and give them that feedback of, this isn't good for dry skin or this isn't good for oily skin. So one of my oily skin followers won't buy it or, you know, just that's greatness yeah. of being a content creator. So
0: with the content creating, do you schedule certain days that you do like a, a block out, say a Monday and Tuesday, right? They're my days that I'm going to content create. This is, this is where we're going to go to do it, etc., etc. Is that kind of how it works or
1: usually you like, you never know when a brand, I guess you're going to say is like going to hook and sync. So if I can be like, Oh, I have three of these products. Usually there's a deadline. Um, in my contracts, I usually like to have content back to the for like um, approval, if needed, within a week. So if I do get multiple brands and I can shove them into like one day, it is cost effective and time effective for myself. Yeah. But either way, like I, that that's what I do. So I will deliver within a week, and um, it's just it's more useful if it's that yeah. way. But it's not always like
0: that. And with, um, with the, obviously the plus size modeling, I mean, looking at you now, you don't look like a plus size model. I think you're lying. I think <laughs> no, um, all on top, but these yeah. hips don't lie. I swear. You, I mean, you've said you've lost a lot of weight since you were younger. So I mean, has that affected your work in a positive or negative way? I mean, you like your skin, like you look very radiant as well. You look very, very healthy. I mean, that's got to be a positive thing for different companies. You know, like you carry yourself very well. You dress very well. So, I mean, how, like, do, do you get a lot of companies approach you? Or do you have an agency? Like,
1: how does it work? Um, so, I do have multiple modeling agencies um, in New York and L.A. And sometimes, like, content creator, influencer work falls on their desk Not very much. So it really, brands will reach out. um, But to really like make that income, it is very much me, majority of the time, reaching out to brands. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because after I did the Revenge Body show where I I did lose a lot of weight in such a short period of time, um, the people who hadn't been following me for too long didn't already know that I was already on a weight loss journey. So what happened was, On my own before the show, before my mom died, I had already lost 125 pounds. And then after Mm -hmm. my mom died, I had gained back about 60 of those pounds, which Mm -hmm. was like devastating to me because I had. It wasn't even so much about the weight; it was about all that work I had put in. But the worst part was I didn't even notice I gained that much weight. I genuinely was like going to come home after my mom passed away, and I was like, "Ah, I probably gained 20 pounds, 25." When I saw that on the scale, I was like, shook. None of my clothes fit. Yeah. None, I, like I literally couldn't do anything. And because obviously my mom passed away, I'd been living in sweats and t-shirts. I was like, no idea what was happening. And I wasn't getting out of bed and I wasn't just living like mm-hmm. a normal life. So I was so oblivious. and I, was, for the, I always say like the worst person to be disappointed in is yourself. And if you're disappointing yourself, like that should say enough to you to want to make a change. And so I just wanted to get back to wh- where I had worked to. It wasn't about losing weight for the sake of losing weight. It was just, I wanted to get back to where I had landed and was mm. comfortable. So that that's what I so did. What, um, so what you do now? What's your kind of your fitness
0: routine <clears throat> and how do you eat? Do you, Is that something controlled uh do you what what kind of training do you do kind of what is your kind of health routine
1: yes so i think going through so many extremes of like working on my own and losing the weight and then going on a show where it's like so crazy of like every single day i only got off two days a month Mm. between working out and uh i never got a cheat day that was not a thing even on christmas my birthday halloween uh, Valentine's Day, New Year's, like we went, we filmed through all the holidays. <laughs> so I really got to see of like what is the balance for me. And after the show wrapped, I had a decent eating disorder for a couple months and I had gained 20 pounds back and so I realized I was in this state of mind like I was scared to eat and so like I just would not eat I was like if I eat that grape I'm gonna gain five pounds Mm -hmm. and then one of my friends was like you you realize you're like not acting normal right like because I wasn't out like that's good that you've got
0: friends like that though that would tell kind of tell you because I think I think um obviously um and myself have come from eating disorders like from many years ago and I think it's good to have them friends just to even say are you okay yeah
1: you know yes yeah exactly just and but communicating like out loud that like I don't know I think like I might gain weight But then when I was saying that to healthy food, that's when they were like, Oh, that's where we're at. So I found a therapist and was like, you know, just, I have to realize because I don't have my mom around, I don't talk to my dad, obviously. Mm. And then my family, I just, my family's not ever been a big fan of me. So I don't really have family support. So for me, my biggest thing is I have to pull the trigger on getting help for myself. Know when to say I need help. That's like probably my biggest problem is asking for help because I'm so independent. Like that's that's the downside of being independent. Is like you're like no, I can do everything. Superwoman, no. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm the doctor. I'm the nurse. I'm the everything. Yeah. And then you're like, no, I didn't go to school for this. So I got <clears throat> um, I got a trainer and a therapist. And we basically decided for six months after the show, I was going to lose the 20 pounds I gained back and I was just going to maintain that weight. We were just going to work out and see what that was like. So it turned out that I could maintain the weight by working out five days a week for about an hour and a half and I could just stay on my meal prep. So, I mean, I won't, I won't lie and be like, yeah, I've been on meal prep and workout five days a week every single day since the show. But, um, that's what I've realized. That's my healthy balance. So yeah. I do still have a meal prep company. I tried meal prepping on my own. I just don't have the time setting up myself for failure. And it actually ended up just being cheaper for me. Yeah. Weirdly. But <laughs> so I have a great meal delivery service that it keeps is, me on track and so i don't have to think about what i'm eating yeah I was, this thing is also not having to think about like what am i going to eat what makes this balance someone else doing that work for me really helps so i'm really fortunate did you have a personal trainer at the same time then um yes yeah. so i ha- hired yeah. so after the show i still talked to Corey. that was my trainer on the show He's great and grand, but like after the show wrapped, he flew to Europe for like four or five months to go film a movie, go him. But so like my biggest resource was now gone in a sense. So I had posted on the internet was like, this is my budget. If there's any trainers out there that can work with me, I'm just going through a mental thing that I need help with. And I ended up found, finding an amazing trainer who was working, well, who would work with me on my budget. And she just really liked my spirit. And when you have a good attitude and when you really mm-hmm. want to work for something and you show up for yourself and you show up for the people you request the help from, people are going to want to help you. Yeah. If you dick around, then of course no one's going to show up. But I was like, I'm going to be serious. So luckily she stuck with me and we're still working together today. She still works with me no matter what's happening. And that's Luckily, I've been able to maintain. I'm in a much better place mentally. So even when she does take vacations or anything, I'm not relying on her. Mm. I now know what I should be doing. Maybe go walk my dog, take a hike for an hour, or just go. Like, I can work out in my home. I'll turn on a YouTube video and do yeah. stretches. I know I can keep myself active. I just need that hour, hour and a half. So what's, what's next for you? Yes. Well... Woof. Okay, let's see. Where should we start with this one? It's always a loaded question. In five minutes. <laughs> right? Um, so I'll just like bullet point off here. Um, I'm still plus size modeling, I'm still content creating, but amongst all that, I am a little I mean, if no one could tell I am a little entrepreneur. Um, I'm right now working on a braid bar. Think dry bar, but for braids. And so I would love that to be in five years a big brand global. Thing Um, braids, I I mean I look mostly white, but I'm Spanish and Portuguese and Greek, so my hair looks thin right now. But let me tell you, I have really curly, weird hair, and so growing up, I never knew what to do with my hair, and I damaged my hair so much from straightening every day because I was like, I was not a girl that could do hair. So I was damaging my hair so much. And then bless you, I was so on the go all the time. Braids like saved my hair and saved my life. And so... I got really passionate about that, and then I just did a lot of research. I went to college for um, (laughs) for (laughs) for beauty, merchandising, and marketing, so I was just something I was really passionate about, and so I'm working on that right now, of course. With the coronavirus happening and everything, people aren't going out in public, so we're not launched yet, but I'm hoping to launch that um, in the beginning of fall Mm. of 2020, and so that's something I'm working on between business plans and investors and just getting the permits and all of that. And then I am also working on an ebook and a podcast. Um, so there's a lot of things like in that realm that we're, we, again, with the pipeline, the virus yeah. happening, we're, we're on pause, mm-hmm. but also what we don't have to be on pause for is I do do music still. I have a whole separate page for that. But I am working on, in a couple months, I'm going to release my EP. Um, I'm also going to release this later this year, an all-female mixtape. So I'm really excited because music is – I love modeling so much. It is a passion of mine for sure. But I got into modeling through acting, and I got into acting through singing. And so singing, I've been doing that since I got out of the womb. But I also – I rap, so that's like mostly – That's cool, a female rapping – Yes. yes, plus I female a rapper. I <laughs> yes. have uh, videos coming out this, well, probably going to be pushed to summer now. But uh, maybe spring, but just be safe, let's say summer. So I'm just excited to, like, I've been songwriting and ghostwriting for a lot of artists since I was, like, 12, 13 years old. So I'm excited to have my own voice and my project mm-hmm. out and no one, like, putting the stops and goes on it, me calling all the shots. It's been... Fun, exciting ride. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: yeah. Cool. I mean, with 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 the rapping, do you um do you do it spontaneously or is so it? So that's
1: something- how I started rapping was freestyling because hanging out with the gangs and all those parties yeah, yeah. and stuff. Someone has a joke one day it threw me into a freestyle battle and like we all knew it was a joke at the time and I still went for it. It sucked, but I did it. And <laughs> uh but I got really passionate because I did grew up singing. So this was when I was around 14. And but rapping was like, whoa, it was a whole new place to get out my anger that I was feeling from at home. Mm
0: -hmm. Singing
1: for me was like, I could sing about the blues and upsetting, but it wasn't really like how music is today. So it was like, you know, I could sing fallout boy forever, but it was kind of emo. It wasn't like getting out my angry emotions that I was feeling and all the pain that I was feeling. So then going out, and especially when you're rapping with a, a more diverse community, like let's be real, I was the only white girl there. Mm. There was like two other white girls. And so other people that are, how do, I'm blessed to have white privilege. And so people that don't have that privilege, but also being fat and then being in an abusive household that helped me just having that, the culture there. To really, I couldn't relate to anyone that was like white or anything. Like when I would tell my friends like, oh, my dad's abusing me. They they accused me of lying or they would say like really mean things to me. And so I couldn't even relate to to my own background and culture of people. Yeah. So I'd look around and see all different cultures of people and everyone was talking about their struggles and everyone was sharing and no one was putting each other down or again no one was going, My struggle is bigger than your struggle. We were all just there to like release anger and art and I was yeah. just enthralled with it. And so Literally, that week, I would go in my classes. I remember I was in my French class, and I was like, fuck, French class. I was sitting there just writing raps. I think I have pictures on my Blackberry somewhere, and people would just watch me, Some and good. I'd be like, I'm going to write a rap about you. And I just wanted to write raps about anything. Yeah. I was just obsessed. And so that's how I got into rapping. And then now we're doing a cool rap-sing combo, and because it's amazing. People like Childish Gambino and Nicki Minaj and Beyonce, who put out these alter egos, and now made it, um, you know, we all want to attach something. So when I was not going by Haley, I go by Paradox. As a rapper, singer, um, people were, like, confused. So I love people like Beyonce, Nikki, Childish Gambino, that led the way to be like, no, yeah. we can have a dual personality we can cool. be more. I like that yeah it's it is it possible that
0: we could end with a quick wrap a quick wrap oh, <laughs> oh, oh my god
1: oh my god I wasn't expecting this
0: <laughs> you I'm are like, an entertainer come on you could be oh my
1: god okay <laughs> I mean I can uh, my last single can I I'll grab something from that yeah uh, called judge me so I'll just kinda like go from the chorus because I it's like I love the song because I feel like it's very much like my personality. A lot of people are like taken back. Yeah. But the, the chorus it goes, judge me because I'm white, judge me because I'm fat, judge me because I don't give a fuck about that. Your mind don't make me money, and I think it's kind of funny how you think you're relevant like that, honey. So a little
0: bit of like,
1: it. yeah, that like it's sassy, it's it's yeah. like I'm giving you me and i don't care about your opinion. So i, I love do have that. that on SoundCloud and it's i love that one cuz i talk about my story and it's not mm-hmm. just like a fun rap song. But i do have fun rap songs too. I have Excellent. another song called Bridge with a music video out to that. So if you do or anyone wants to find me and my music, i'm at Paradox Revolution on Instagram, YouTube, and in the next like 3 months we're going to have some really like, I don't want to like toot my own horn, but this, the music video that's about to come out, I'm working with a great creative collab group. And it's, that's how it's, I know it's already going to be great. Cause I know their quality of work, but when you're all passionate working on a project for essentially mm. free, like, you know, everyone's there because they actually love.
0: Them. Yeah, actually 100%. Love Yeah. I
1: showed them the mood. Everyone was like, on board so but it's going to be explosive it's going to be hot it's going to be i'm so excited so how how will everyone find
0: you on instagram as yourself and as your other companies just so
1: you can find me on instagram at Haley herms official or for my modeling and content creating you can find me on my music on instagram at paradox revolution my braid bar if you're in the LA, Orange County area in California, you can go to um, Raid Bar OC on Instagram. And then uh, Facebook, you can find me Haley Herms, Haley Herms on YouTube. And then YouTube SoundCloud, you can find me Paradox Revolution. So just as no crazy spelling, just literally Paradox Revolution. Um, I have Paradox.Revolution.com, HaleyHerms.com. So You can find me everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere, Haley. Snapchat, Twitter. I think I even weirdly have a Pinterest account that I don't use, but like, you can find me. I can't hide. <laughs> right. Well, it
0: was so good to talk to you and get you to know too. a little bit more about you. But um I'm sure we'll speak again because I think I could talk to you all night. There's, uh, there's so much to
1: say. Yes. I'll never stop talking. It's dangerous. I'm sorry. That's good. I'm like, well, I want you. to know more spiritual stuff. <laughs> I
0: know. But, I mean, as, yes, so good okay. to speak to you, but... Okay. Um, We'll leave it there with audio. If you just want to quickly shoot your um, Instagram account again, and then um, everyone can catch up.
1: Yes, you can find me Instagram Haley Herm's official H A Y L E Y H E R M S official. Thank
0: you. Oh, it's so good to speak to you. Yeah. You too.
1: Really you guys are awesome. <laughs> I love your personalities. It's it's always like gonna be interesting how you talk to someone like you've never met off the internet, right? Yeah, You're yeah, like yeah, it yeah. sounds great in email, <laughs> but like let's go for it. You guys are amazing. Yeah. I love energies. Oh, thank you. Good oh, luck with everything. You. So thank you. You too. We're we're all gonna get through this. That is that is what I believe strong, faithfully. I'm not saying it's disappearing anytime soon, but We've all got this. Yeah. We're going to make it through as long as we all come together and just That's think that we'd rather and protect ourselves. Yeah. I just
0: gave me <laughs> right. Thank you for listening to another episode, and we hope that you enjoyed it. Please subscribe, and if you do have any questions, then please direct message us on Carly underscore underscore Thornton or Kerry Sexton underscore IFBB Pro. And we will catch you next time.